We praise you for ways of escape that the world doesn't see, but you show yourself. You show yourself strong. You show yourself faithful. You show yourself true. Lord, you show your loving kindness and the, the power of your command. You give us hope. You are our hope. And I worship you and I praise you today for the testimony that Juanito has and for the testimonies of other family members as the word of the Lord goes forward toward them. That nothing is too hard for you. There's nothing that is impossible for you except to fail. You can't fail. And so we worship you in your majesty today. Worship you because you are so worthy to be praised. We worship you because you are the answer to every situation. We worship you because there are people and things that are going on right now. But you're giving us the words to speak so that you can extend your mighty arm. You're, you as the God of justice. You as the God of war. You as the God of peace. You as the God of restoration. You as the God of resurrection. You as the God of first mention. And I thank you for how you lead us in this first session. I thank you. Oh God, I thank you. That you create joy. The oil of joy for gladness. A garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So that we would be oaks of righteousness. Planted of you. That we would give glory to your name. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Holy Spirit. You have called us to be the extension of your arm yes. in this earth. And we choose in this house to live up to your expectations because the expectations of God are awesome. I thank you that my eyes are open to see, my ears are open to hear, my heart is open to receive will follow you, Holy Spirit, and go in these places, these delicate places, these hardened places, wherever it is, with the assurance that because you sent us, success is there. The manifestation of your kingdom will be made known in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I also pray for everyone here that... Uh, uh, your, our ears are open to hear. Now, before I get started on what we're going to talk about this morning, I have had this word in my spirit all morning. Judge Connie, come on up. And I have, uh, I, 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 it's one of those words, it's like I know it's a legal word, but I didn't know what it meant. I, 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 could, I was trying to, you know, when I don't know what a word means, I take a guess to see if, if I heard it and if it's going in this direction. And I, I didn't know. But the word that I got is the word exculpatory. And it's just been sitting with me and sitting with me and sitting with me. Good morning. And so it's like I know somebody that knows what that word means. I looked it up and I got the definition and it's fine. But uh, I, I want you to explain it first of all real quick, and then we're going to do something. 
It's in the verb form and in the adjective form. In the verb form, exculpate means to show or declare that someone is not guilty of wrongdoing. In the adjective form, which is when I heard it most often, it describes evidence that tends to clear someone from guilt or from a charge. It serves to justify or excuse or to introduce a reasonable doubt like in a criminal trial. And I asked the Holy Spirit this morning as I was on my way in and I was worshiping and just talking to the family and stuff. And then I, <laughs> I think this is funny, I played uh, or what came on, on over my uh, radio or through my exterior, whatever it is, was um, the concerto, I can't even give you the full name, uh, it's Arnjuts is the, is the name of it. It's class music. And I really love the way a cholery band plays, uh, does it. And so it's the openings of this, uh, the, 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 this, uh, the horns and stuff started, that word came back to me and I asked the Holy Spirit, well, okay, let's, what is this about? And what it's about is Jim Baker. That's what he said. That's what he said. No, don't go. That's what he said. And so we have just heard the legal definition. We have heard heaven's word. And the blood of Jesus is the exculpating or the exculpatory weapon that we have, the resource that we have in the body of Yeshua. And this is what we release for our brother Jim Baker this morning in the name of Jesus. He's exculpated. He is proven wrong. We have the word of the Lord. Isaiah says, no weapons formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you shall be proven wrong, struck down. And the witch hunt and the sorcerers and the curses and every other weapon that has been of the flesh that has been formed against you has just come face to face with the blood of Jesus. You will not have to fight this battle. God is fighting this battle for you. And you will not only be vindicated and cleared, but as it has been prophesied, as it has been spoken, for those that know the Lord, and he has told them to speak for you and to prophesy your destiny, you shall fulfill it in the name of Jesus. I agree. You said he would be proven wrong. The tongues that have been spoken against him shall be proven. You said that second, but you said that. Okay. okay so you will not be proven wrong. You will be proven. You will be brought. Okay, thank you. You are cleared in the name of Jesus. In your own mind, you are cleared in the name of Jesus. Overriding exculpatory evidence is being offered in your behalf in the spiritual realm. And we pull that from the spiritual realm down to the earth. And we see that manifest in your complete acquittal here on earth. In Jesus' name. Right. 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 Right.
Dear Jim and Lori, we stand with you and we stand for you in the power of the name of Jesus. You are not and will not be defeated. In the love of Christ, astounding love of Global Church Fellowship and more than enough ministries. 1914 Trade Zone Boulevard, San Jose, California, 95131. Our phone number 408-945-4439, www.astoundinglove.org. Do you want to say something else? No, I just said that we're doing that. We're going to sign that and if they want to get offered towards that, they'll sign. Okay. Now, here's what I think is so awesome. When God has you on his mind, it's because manifestation is in route to you. It will be revealed. It will come forth and... Thank you again for correcting, because I surely, when you to read, I want to say the wrong stuff. Thank you. All right. Um, this is Biblical Solutions for Life. You know this. We're going to go through a few things today. Uh, in order to... In order to... Um, bring things to pass sometime, I, or to, to, to teach... Or, what is the real intent? What's what's the goal? You got to break apart. Um, as like I state, this is what we're where we're headed. Now we we get to go to some different places for the components that all make up the one sentence. That the statement there there are pieces to it. You can every word is important. And so we say, uh, we're, we, we're going to take this thing down, and we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Okay, that's a great statement, and there's, it, the statement itself is true. However, there are, like, connectors, other things that have to be pulled in or are actually pulled in that, that you can become aware of because it's the, build, the faith builders or the blocks, the, the, the builders, really, and the steps that are all encapsulated in those words but in order for everybody to be with you, because everybody that says they're with you is with you, but they don't know what they're with. And when they don't know what they're with, they don't have the ability to stand the way they need to. Because it's like, well, if my words are saying I'm for you, and my actions would be for you if I understood what it was that I was actually for. And so many times we spout out great scriptures, because all of them are great, with not, without the understanding of why it is so. If when you know the character of the king, Hallelujah. then you understand that every single word he speaks, he means precisely what he said. But if you or I do not know his character, then we will waver and waffle and, and, and zig and zag and do all kinds of things. We'll falter in our faith. Because I've noticed that when a person reaches the end of their understanding, they will revert to self. Instead of pushing past, unless there's a hunger that is fueling their desire to, to have a better understanding. Most people will tell you they already have an understanding of God. 
if they're born from above, they know him to the extent that they des that they pursued him. And then everything after that is the default of the religion or the traditions or the denomination or relying on somebody else even to pray a simple prayer for you because, because in that case you don't know how to pray it for yourself and stand. Am I talking to the right people? Yes. Okay. So when we look at, uh, go to this next one, the kingdom of God culture that leads to powerful manifest life changes. I've said, we've said that for a few weeks or months or however long, but the kingdom of God culture leads to powerful manifest life changes. And I think most people go, yeah, it does, it does. But if I ask you to define it, we're gonna have a lot of, mm, um, well, uh, see, uh, kind of fillers. Because we think we know what, we, what it means. We think we understand what is being said. But are we intimate with what it means because we experience it ourselves? Okay, so the kingdom of God culture leads to powerful, manifested life changes. Give it one more push, Crystal. When we follow the leader. That's the inference to this statement. The kingdom of God culture leads to powerful, manifested life changes. That's what the culture of the kingdom is about. When we follow the leader. Yes, yes. But not without that. Okay, here's another statement. Kingdom citizens think like Jesus. Jesus thinks like God. Everybody familiar with that? Yeah. Okay. Kingdom citizens, go ahead and say it. Now, all by itself, that's one di that's that that's an instruction. It's a, it's an, a point of identity. It's telling you. This is the identity that you have in the kingdom. How am I supposed to think if I'm going to be in the kingdom? You're a kingdom citizen. You think like Jesus. Okay, I accept that. I'm a kingdom citizen. I think like Jesus. And immediately we'll run to a scripture. I have the mind of Christ. Yes, you do. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? See? I heard somebody here say, use it. I'm going to use it. Well, are you? See, because the other side of it is I have the mind of Christ, but I'm also had by the mind of Christ. I, I can't give you the, uh, uh, the Hebrew culture understanding uh, precisely, but I, I, I'm, going to, I'm going to kind of just give us a, a few ideas here. One of the things is, is that when you read these scriptures and they're written in that Eastern, that, that, that Hebraic, this, this language, it's always spoken with the, um, what is said and what is not said that is actually said. Meaning, I have the mind of Christ, which means that the mind of Christ dwells in me. And I am led by the mind of Christ. Not just that I possess the mind of Christ, but I am possessed by the mind of Christ. So here's what we say, but here's what it means. And what it means is actually what we said. When you speak the word of God, you're speaking what he means. 
when you say what he said, then the inference is that when I say what God says, then what I just said is what he means and what he intends and what is what is desired, his plan, his purpose, his desires, his pleasure. All of this is, is a part of, the, of this, this seed, which is why the word itself is a seed, and in it, it, it contains the intent of God, the plan of God, the pleasure of God, the will of God, the word of God, all being made known as this seed is planted in the ground and it starts to spread out and take root. All of these things, the desire and the transformation of the one that said it is all in the seed because where is the seed going to take root? In you. And when a seed germinates or does what it does, it changes the texture of the soil to accommodate it. So when the word is planted in us, it changes the texture of our heart. It transforms us from what we were without him into who we are because of and with him. Is that too complicated? Is everybody with me here? Because you are all so beautiful and so sweet, and I don't want you to go into a trance and then into a place where you pretend that you know. If you don't understand it, please raise your hand and let it be known so that we can we can pull on this. Because see, we're going to have to use this. So it's not going to be good enough for you to look sweet and pretty and handsome and manly and all that kind of stuff. And um, if, that, if that is applicable. And, and nod your head like, yes, yes. Don't try to look wise is what I'm saying. Okay. All right, if you're befuddled, look at it. All right. Okay. So all of that that I just said actually comes under that one sentence, kingdom citizens think like Jesus. And then the second sentence, Jesus thinks like God. So what is the inference? Kingdom citizens think like Jesus. Jesus thinks like God. There's an expectation and an instruction. What is it? Pardon? Well, think like Jesus is, is good, but what else? There's more to it. That's, a, that's in the right direction, but what else? That we say what Jesus thinks. I'll tell you what. I'm going to make This is going to be interactive. I don't have that many slides. Come on. Come on. Just come on up and say it. You can. Because the people over here on the mic, understand they, they can't hear you. And Alicia, what you said is think like Jesus. Okay. Well, you said more words than she did. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. What are you saying? You can look at them. Um, that we also, the words we say then um, will reflect or will be the, the intent of God so that we're re- so that we are speaking what God, as I understand it, what God would speak in that situation. Okay. What he means for that situation. That's good. That's adding to it. Anybody else? Come on, anybody else? I'm going to take a good one. So to piggyback off of that, I would say when we say, then we do. 
so that we be because it's in us it's in us the word is in us so that intent then we do the action to what we're saying okay all right anybody else you have to okay she said what she said okay she spoke did you want to speak the other parts okay all right okay okay kingdom citizens think like jesus Jesus thinks like God. If anybody online has something, they can send it to Crystal. All right. Kingdom citizens think like Jesus. Jesus thinks like God. Then the inference for me. Oh, come on. Yay. Hello, daughter. Very good. Let me just think of like those old like, logical questions and homework and stuff. But my next thing will be that any kingdom citizens think like God. Yes. Very good, daughter. Kingdom citizens think like God. So my inference, I'm reading it, kingdom citizens think like Jesus, Jesus thinks like God, so I can think like God. And as she said, kingdom citizens think like God. And all of the other the definitions, all of that is in there. This is identity. This is instruction. This tells me this is the way that I'm going to think. And then the, the question up, comes up, well, I don't know how Jesus thinks. And so I'm going to, do I have to read all of the Gospels and everything in order to get it? Well, it helps, but here, let's look at this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. And there be no divisions among you, but you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. So that tells me that every kingdom citizen that speaks like Jesus means that kingdom citizens all say the same thing. We, the Bible talks about we have, it's one voice. It's one new man. It's one voice. So there will be no divisions among you, but you're perfectly joined together in the same mind. Now, can you see where the distinct, where the, the separation has to has to separate itself from us? We speak with the same mind and in the same judgment, the same mind, which is the mind of Christ, and the same judgment, having the same resolve. We get our counsel from the same source. We uh, agree in mind and purpose and will with. The mind of Christ. Are you catching this? It, uh, am I, does this mean that you are not entitled to have your own opinion? Absolutely no. That's not what it means. Uh, it means that all human reasonings and especially world perspectives, when we understand the will of the Lord or we see the things that God intends for us to see, that we align ourselves with him and every other idea, every other opinion gives way to the will of God because that's how Jesus thought and still thinks. Not my will, but your will be done. We're going to keep going and then we'll, we'll keep looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. Oh, too far. 
okay? Says, these scriptures are the ones that are right underneath this, this, this statement, okay? For who has known the mind of the Lord that, me, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We have access to this mind. We have access to the will of the Lord. People go, well, when God moves in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. But he gives us access to understand the mysteries. God gives us access to himself. And when you are in him, what he's seeking, what he is, is, is in, what's emanating from him, it comes into you because when we become one with him, the world tries to teach it in a metaphysical, uh, ethereal kind of way. And it's a dangerous thing because they're talking about going into, a, into the spirit realm through spirit doors to be of this metaphysical mind, this one, this, this universal mind. The problem is, is that the source of that universal mind is not the creator of the universe. It's the enemy. So see, they connect in, 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 in uh, New Age circles and so forth, but they connect to deceptive spirits, and they think the things that these things want them to think, but they're not the things. They're not the thoughts that God thinks. Right. They're told that when they think that in this demonic way that they can be gods themselves. But see, the Bible says that we are gods. We are little Elohims. We are a part of, if you will, the cellular structure and part of the DNA of Jesus Christ. We have his DNA, and that means we're part of his DNA. Because his DNA was always to seek and save those who were lost, to give his blood, to give his life as a ransom for many that we could come into the oneness with him. That's why we're not one with any other mind. Right. We're not one with any other belief. We're not one with any other source. So this universal mind or this world opinion or the, or the, the, the world mindset, you will, the cultural, the cultural ways of the world are not our ways. And many will say, well, you know, people try to take world things and clean them up and Christianize them. But I'm going to tell you, they stole from us. And they took their stuff and took our stuff and perverted it. And so there are many things that the world does. That Christians try to do a Christian, for, throw Jesus' name in it, and still do the same things that the world says. But it's like, but if you would go to the word of God, you would see the original intent that they took. And then perverted it to turn it into something else. The money-making schemes, the do this, the do that, all the little pyramid things that are going on. But when you go to Acts chapter 2 and you go to Acts chapter 4 and you see how they said that all who believe came together and this is what they did and this is what they did. Why? To build the Lord's house. And in the process of building the Lord's house, he made sure everyone was taken care of. Because he put it on their hearts to do it. And you don't have to have a, 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 a group, a tontine, a this, a that, you know, that you put together in order to, to um, make a flower. Instead, you plant seeds and the harvest is given by the Lord of the harvest. So they pervert what we have and we think what they have is good because we don't know what we have. But when we get the understanding of the Lord, 
then we start to explore this vast kingdom territory that we're a part of, and we see that everything we need is in the kingdom. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to keep going with that, all right? So look at Philippians 1.27. I'm going to use my electronic just because I'm going to get there faster for this. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Now, it just told you how to talk. Your conversation, because that word is also speaking, it, it actually means um, it's your politics. It, 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 it's your politics. It's your behavior as a citizen. Let your conversation be and live your conversation. That's what it means. Let it be means live it. Not just allow it, but let it be the only way that you live. See, there it is again. It's said, and here's what is understood, and what is understood when you, is what you say. So when you speak with, in other words, when I speak with understanding, I speak from the position of doing what I say. Not saying it just to say it, but because this is how I live. There's a difference when you listen to someone that lives a certain lifestyle as opposed to somebody that suggests a certain lifestyle. You see? Someone that lives a real, a true, bona fide, um, committed sin lifestyle, it shows on them. They get stingier, greedier, more deceived, and a whole lot of other things. We've been there. Somebody that lives a kingdom lifestyle, the more of the kingdom, the more of the kingdom that, that, we, that we pursue, the more of the kingdom takes hold of us. And therefore, what, what oozes out of us or flows out of us, comes out of our pores, is kingdom. It can't be anything else. All right? It, won't, it wouldn't be able to be anything else but kingdom because it's genuine because it's a part of what has branded me what has what has transformed me transformed the way that I think this is why one of those things for me I, I noticed it it's like you know there's a difference between saying oh I shouldn't I shouldn't eat a certain thing because I've discovered that it is thus and so I'll just use this one um, because I've discovered that it's thus and so for me and one that simply doesn't do it. I don't eat those kind of things, or I don't go to those kind of places, or I don't, whatever it is you don't do, you don't bore people with telling them what you don't do. That's right. You just don't do it. And eventually they stop asking you. See, that's the difference between living the kingdom and just talking about it. Are you with me? I, I really do think so. It also means to administrate civil affairs and to manage the state. This, this one word here, um, he said, letting your conversation behave as a citizen, to avail yourself of and to recognize the laws of the kingdom, which are different from the laws of sin and death. 
Okay. All right. The final scripture for this one, 1 Peter 1, 13. Again, as things are going on in this world, this is the world. This is the, the kingdom world. The kingdom realm is where we must live from in order to help or to be a part of God's plan to heal, to rescue, to deliver, and do all the other things. The kingdom of God manifests through the sons, us. And the only way it's going to do that is that we completely immerse our lives, ourselves, our thinking, every part of us into it. It's not a punishment. Oh my gosh. It's like sometimes you talk about stuff like this and people think, oh God, they need to learn how to read my Bible all the time and I'm going to have to do this and I'm going to have to do that. That tells me right away that when we think that way, we're ignorant of the ways of the kingdom. We lack understanding. If you really think that what the devil's got going on is more exciting than God, it's only because you don't know what God has. And I just think it's wise to find out what we're missing out on. Because we've been so captivated by the hypnotic gaze of a serpent. It's witchcraft. Plain and simple. Okay? First Peter 1 Peter 1.13 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. We're not in the South. We don't, most of us ride horses all the time. In which case, I think gird up would make a lot more sense to us. But it does mean don't be impeded in your movements. Uh, it says, when starting a journey or engaging in any work, they bind their long flowing garments closely around their bodies and fasten them with a leather seat. So it's like, get in, strap in, and get ready to ride. I do know we have a southern man over there. But uh, get ready to ride. Get everything out of the way. Get you know, get the stuff up. Get get everything. Get ready. This is going to be a ride, and it's going to be fun. Anybody ever ride a roller coaster? Any of those type of things? You like those fast movie things at the carnival? Okay, so when you get in, you get your everything strapped down because that force is going to be quite a thing. But you're getting ready to ride. You're like, get this puppy. Let's get this party started. This is going to be fun. And you're up for the coil corkscrews and the twists and the turns and the ups and the downs. And, and if you're the real daring kind of person, uh, then when that thing is going down and plunge, you've got hands up in the air and you're screaming like you just don't care. I am not you. <laughs> okay? But I, I know what that's like. We go places and they have that big plunge. You know, you climb all the way up to the top. And then that thing just shoots straight down like gravity has left it, like a yeah. falling elevator. Yeah. Um, I'm usually on the ground watching it, but I'm not on that thing. I learned a long time ago, I went on one ride um, that they had it, at, at, and it was it was Great America. It was just before I married my daughter's daddy, right? And I don't recall what it was. I think it was a revolution ride, but when you get in it, it looks like a big ship. And it rotates. It goes back. Okay. It goes back and it goes forward. The moment it started, I knew I had made a mistake. I should not have been on that ride. So as it goes up, and then it went down and back up this way, 
You know what happened to me? I just settled in the seat going, this was a mistake. This was a mistake, and there's nothing I can do about it. Because once the momentum begins, you can't stop it. You're going to have to just ride it through. So by the end of it, I was, me and God were talking. I said, you know what? I will never do this again. I will never do this again. I promise you, you don't even have to worry about it. I will never. I'm not even asking you to protect me. Just let's get it over with. I will never, ever, ever. By the time it went to the full rotation, I was so mad. I was really mad. Everybody else was like, woo, hi, yeah. I'm the only person on the ride that said nothing, and I had this look. It was just that moment where you have made the decision and you have made a stupid decision and you're stuck until the thing is over. Okay? So, strapped in, ready to ride. I wasn't ready to ride, but I was strapped in. <laughs> I got strapped in. I held on tight. I said, if anything opens, I'm not following. I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not happy where I am right now. This is not a good moment in my life. I've got five more minutes before this is over. And when it's over, me and this thing will never meet again. And I meant it. Okay, so it, it, it's just that type of thing. Well, that's the way it is with saying goodbye to the world. I have been in it. It has done this to me. It has done that to me. It has done the other thing to me. Jesus has shown me he is my way of escape. I will never walk in this thing again. I'm done with it. You have a comment? No. Oh, you're just testifying? Okay. Yeah. I am so over this. Hey, do you want to try? <laughs> Don't bring that mess to me. And you live it to such a, to, I didn't say live it like L-I-V-I-D. I don't mean you, that you get over that. But I mean, you say, this is such a decision that I have made. Nobody will ever question it. They will caution, don't even, you can feel the atmosphere around when somebody tries to talk you into that kind of stupidity for you. What's stupidity for you? It's like, don't bother her with that. Don't bother him with that. Just walk away. This is a good time to leave or change the subject. Because this is who they are, and they're not going to change that. We're supposed to be that way about the kingdom. That's right. Okay. All right. So that's all. Everything we just said. It seems that it's this thing like Jesus, and Jesus thinks like God. Jesus doesn't think anything that's going to go contrary to what the will of God is. Let's keep going. So kingdom from God's perspective is what I'm talking about. And Carlita had also made the comment, we only say what God said. Correct. We only say what God said, but when we say what he said, we expect from that same source. And when we say what he said, we live what he said. So when we say, no weapons formed against me will prosper. I mean it. Mm -hmm. I didn't say that they wouldn't form, because they do. But I'm here to let you know, before we start this thing, you lose, you've lost before we've begun. You will say what you want to say, but in the end, you will have an egg on your face or something worse, or whatever it's going to be, it's going to be. But I tell you what, when all the chips fall and when everything falls out, of, out, I will still be standing and you will be slinking away into the dark. Because you're, if you're lying on me, it will be shown. So when we prayed for our brother, 
And when we pray for one another, when we speak that word, we just let it be known. No, this, this is what I live. I live this. So when I say it, let me tell you, I say it so much that everything is already assembled and the expectation in the spirit realm is she will say that and it's already released. It, it, sometimes it's released before I start because the expectation, because I'm known in the realm of the spirit for saying that and saying those words and believing what Isaiah wrote. So the standard is already established in the spirit. This kingdom citizen does not tolerate these, this particular, this, this type of attack, or this, or this, or this. They are, we are known. Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Who are you? Because you're not known in the realm of the spirit for having that standard. I don't need that. Are you with me? So this is the difference between living what you say and saying it just to say it. Kingdom from God's perspective. I, that, what we just spoke, is covenant. That's the expectation of the covenant. You established these laws. You established this whole kingdom before I was ever known in the earth. I was thought of already, but I wasn't here yet. But you had already set this up. You had already determined this is the way it is. Vision is my ability to see the covenant manifest wherever I go. I can see what God said. And when I get there, I expect to see and for others to see what he said is so. That's how you, that's the standard, the banner, if you will. The banner, which was a, a flag or on a pole, right? Where they would stake in the ground and say, this banner represents the beliefs of the kingdom. This represents the ownership of the kingdom. This territory belongs to the kingdom. And wherever I go, covenant is established. I am expected to expect the manifestation. That's right. Can you see it? This is why what you say, you're expected to live so that what you expect is seen. Sometimes I do feel like my daughter said like one of those questions in school where it's, you said the same thing and it sounds like a, a circle. It is a circle. It starts with God. It comes to us. It goes back to God. He completes. No word. He said, my word will not return to me unfulfilled. So when he sends his word out or when we pull that, it's with the expectation of heaven that heaven gets to finish the job. So I expect you when you pull from me to expect or rely upon me to do what I said. And the only reason you said what I said is because you expect me to do it. Otherwise, it's just a quote. Is this helping anybody? Does that mean God Come on up here. Just come by. Yeah, I have it. I like your outfit, by the way. Um, that does that mean that God expects us to do it? Yes. What? To do what 
um, to do what he said in his word. So whether it's not to worry or not to fret or to believe, he's expecting us to do it. And so what you're talking about here then, um, I don't have my notes to see your good words, the way you put it so well. Um, then that's the covenant. The vision, yes. The, the vision, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yes. To go further with that, my mother, your parents, would say, I want this, uh, your rooms to be clean, or it's Saturday chores. I'm going to jail, but, you know, <laughs> for the weekend, I'm going to jail. After Sherlock Holmes is over, and the police officers were trained, she's going to watch Sherlock Holmes, and then she'll come with us. They picked her up every Saturday. Well, it seemed like it. <laughs> Maybe this is one of the reasons why I have such a different perspective about police. <laughs> but we have rules in the kingdom of mom. And one of the rules is the kitchen, the dishes better be done on the cigarette. Just be thrown, the ashes, the ashtrays just be cleared out after whatever, whatever, whatever. And your room should be clean. Now, that was the expectation that was put out. That was the law. And as the citizens of the house, of the, of the place, our response was, yes, we'll do it. Okay? When it was said, it was said that the expectation that we would do it. When we said it, it was with the understanding that we would do what we said. We would do, in other words, we would do what she said. She didn't have to be visible She didn't have to be visible. She would be returning. She'd be home by Monday. Because Monday was usually Monday. She'd be home. I'm not talking about Dr. Baker. I'm talking about my mother. There was no Dr. Baker. It was not Dr. Baker. It was mom, mother, money, dearest, mom. We had all kinds of things that we said. Madre, the parents. All right, all that. And the communication was there. Now we might laze around on Saturday. But come Sunday, our church was to get up and get this done in case they let her out early. Because usually you expected her on Monday, but sometimes she came home Saturday night. Or Sunday, you know, early Sunday, uh, Sunday, Sunday night or something. So you didn't play with that. You lived it to the day that we still have certain disciplines that we live from the kingdom of mom. And they're very good habits that you just won't cross. So it's become so well known to us that there's an expectation about us that when others are around, they go, oh, no, no, don't even bother that. Then don't, don't put your, don't do, mm -mm, no. We don't know which of her rules she, they have. Some might be comfortable, okay, with if your feet are clean, then being put up on, on, on I have a certain table that is for that. But we, but, but don't, don't make the mistake of doing thus and so, because then 
the kingdom of mom will manifest. Are you with me? Okay. That's the same way. The expectation of a father is that you're going to do what I told you to do. And because of that, you know me, you know my love for you, you know my protection, you know my intention. So when you do it, you do it with joy because it's like, okay, I got this part, this is done. Daddy saw it. I don't even have to tell him it's done. It's done. And the reward is on the way. Because this whole intent is, I want you to come into the way I do things because then you can get the things that I have. Or you can toil and, and, and struggle with the one that's going to give it to you, but he'll snatch it from you too. When Job said the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away, God didn't say that. Job said that. Because that was his understanding of God based upon knowing who he was, but not knowing who he is. Not knowing him except my reputation and expectation based upon living and saying, well, this seems to be good, it must be him, and this seems to be good, it must be him, and this didn't go right, he must be mad at me. God didn't do that. Those were never his thoughts. See, he said, I don't, I don't think that way. And remember, when Jesus of Nazareth walked the earth and all his people were healed for everybody that's ever taught, you have to you have to be good before God will heal you. You need to remember Jesus lived with nothing but dead people. Everybody was a sinner. Nobody was born from above. But it didn't stop the flow of healing, did it? It didn't stop the provision, did it? It didn't stop the goodness of the God or the goodness of the kingdom to be manifested among the people. Because the way the people thought God should exact out gifts, the way God should uh, release his goodness was not the way God saw it. And so Jesus didn't see it that way either. And it's uh, time for us to unlearn. All right, let me keep going. Kingdom citizens can change the tone and the atmosphere of a city, a state, a neighborhood. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, yeah. the people yeah. mourn. Yeah. And so all the things that we complain about, we can do something about. Okay? That's the simple truth. The world can't, but we can. Keep going. Bible knowledge does not determine obedience, holiness, or spiritual growth. Okay? It does not. Have the mindset. These, I'm going to get to these because I've got just a little bit here to get to the point of, of the point, the other end of it. Okay. The Bible tells us to have the mindset that is our life-changing power, that the king of beliefs and ideologies, because it said have the mind, take, take, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. That's how it's, which is saying, have the mindset that is your life-changing power, let this mind be in you. Kingdom beliefs and ideologies. Only the kingdom of God, and it's just really, uh, to, to go with the correction Dr. Baker made a few weeks ago, kingdom of God beliefs and ideologies shape my wisdom. So my wisdom comes from God. It comes from above, as James would say, not from the earth. You have an earth, a natural wisdom. But the natural wisdom is not to lead in your, the way you live or the way that you make decisions. 
It's the supernatural wisdom of God, the supernatural knowledge and understanding and insight of the kingdom of God, which equips our spirits to control instead of being led by. Being led by my feelings, I'm controlling my feelings by the spirit. I control my emotions by the spirit. I control my attitudes by the spirit. I control my behavior by the spirit. And by the spirit, I can control my habits. These things that we think have such a hold on us, we can take by the reins and direct it the way that it's meant to go. This is what James said. This is what James said. The bit needs to be in control so that the, the ship would go wherever the captain determined that it should go. If it didn't have the control, then it will yaw all over the place. It'll just go zigging and zagging. But when you have control, you determine as the captain the direction. The word of God is the bit. The, oh, for, I don't ride horses, but I know they put the bit in the horse's mouth, which goes between the teeth, and then when you pull on the reins, it determines, it turns the head, and it turns it the way that it's supposed to be looking, and it turns it in the direction that it is supposed to go. And the word of God, when it captures us that way, and it's between our teeth, and it's in our eyes, and it's in our ears, and it's in our hearts, then the reins of our mind will turn in the direction of what the king says. And you will stay on course. This is the living of the word. Instead of being boring with telling everybody else what to do that you yourself don't do. We live God inside minded. And so it says that the kingdom, or let this mind be in you, which is also Christ Jesus, Philippians 2 5. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And that in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. How do I know? How do I know? Because it's going to tell you by His Word, by His Spirit, His will known. See, once you learn His character, and once we learn what pleases Him, it's easier and easier. It's like I have a what we call a check in my spirit because this is not the direction he wants to go. The kingdom dominion mindset, the kingdom of God dominion mindset works from intimate relationship with he that dwells inside of us. You see, there it is. It's that I've got this inward knowing because I'm constantly constantly listening for the voice of the one that loves me. If you're thinking of God as the one that hates you or is bossy towards you or wants to control you and discipline you and keep you in bondage, then you do not listen to him. You listen to what everybody in the world says and you listen to your own thinking and you're not thinking what Jesus is thinking. So you end up getting messed up. You've been in there. I've been. I've definitely been there. All right. So I have to look at the character of God every time I find myself doubting Him because I'm not thinking far enough. I've stopped 
at the place of ignorance, and I did not push for knowledge. Are you with me? You see, how do I know? This is the place of ignorance. You believe that God will withhold something from you because your behavior is not acceptable. Then you should never get anything. And that's what you think. And so then you're like, oh, he made it past this one. I was lucky, honey. I don't know what he was in a good mood today. And you're furthering your wrong beliefs and you put them out there in the atmosphere, in the realm of spirit. This is what they think about God. And so more circumstances will come and it will be either or and you'll be circumstantially led to trust him or not to trust him. Because your experience based upon your wrong knowledge has always shown you that this is what happens. And you now apply logic and intellect and emotions and feelings and worldly experience all to sum up a wrong spiritual assessment. Isn't that ugly? Yeah, it is, because if it had to be good, my son wouldn't be healed. If you had to be good, she said, her son wouldn't be healed, and neither would I. Okay? All right? Are you with me? Okay. So we speak from above where our conversation and kingship, kingdom citizenship originates. It comes from above. So the kingdom constitution, it says, is the source of our inner earth as is heaven, power, and glory. This is the point I want to get to. And, um, yeah, okay. The kingdom constitution is the source of our inner earth as in heaven. Say it, inner earth as in heaven. Okay, power and authority. Now, I'm going to go fast because I'm going to stick on something to make that be the last of it, and then we're going to keep pulling on this because this will open up and prepare us as a, as a whole for what, when Apostle Jones comes in August, and all the things that are happening for our mind to be as one as Jesus thinks, so that this, because things in this house are popping. I mean, we got some really great stuff going on. I don't know about you, but I had a very busy week with all the prayer calls and the this and the that and the other. I thought it was absolutely awesome because you can feel the heartbeat, the life, of this ministry coming from everyone that is involved. And if you're not involved, then get in touch with one of the prayer team people and say you'd like to join their team to help to pray for these different states. If you didn't get invited, get invited. Yeah, get invited. Hi, I'd like an invitation to join. Okay? I don't know about you, but when I go to a store and they don't have what I want, I ask them to go look for it. So, no, no, no hurt feelings, no sensitivity, and all that kind of stuff, because we got something to do. All right? Okay. Obedience is a king. Disables the power of the world within our mind and actions. That's what we were just talking about. But obedience to the king comes by learning what pleases the king. And being so in love with the king that you don't want to do anything but bring him pleasure. He gave me that, and I'm, I'm, I've begun to walk in that. It's like, wow, it's easier to obey when I have a desire that's bigger than me. Greater than me. Cultivating the power of the mind of Christ, uh, kingdom life, changes our perspective. Did I misspell that? Oh, yeah, I did. Okay, there she did. Oh, there. Perspective about 
or any, about ourselves and others. It's, it's the power to change the na a nation. The, mind, the power of the mind of Christ is the power to change a nation. When we're on our calls and we're trying to figure all this stuff out and we're going through the natural, then you feel powerless. But when you start tapping into what does the word say? What did he do? What, he thought something about this, and I'm going to get that. Then the, you, you feel the infilling of the power of the king who knows how to do what he told you to do and wants to do it with you. Okay? My daughter is this person that in the house, when there's dishes, clean dishes out of the dishwasher, or this is out of the other, I, I learned something from her. It was, it was really her personality. I'm just going to leave it that. I'm not going to put anything else there. But she would say to me, well, would you just help me? I told you to do it. This is a typical parent response. I told you to do it. I ain't helping you. If I wanted to do it, I would have done it myself. And then you can go for the all the years you didn't know how to do it. I've been doing it. It's your turn to do it. You know, I'm training you for when you move out. Well, she actually she knows how to do it, and she's very good at correcting things about all the students have to go this way and all this and that. And I'm like, okay, I'll do it that way because I didn't care, but she does care. And since she cared, I learned to care. So what we do is when the dishes need to be put away, we do it together. I know. So, okay. See, this, this, this didn't come from the kingdom of mom. <laughs> but I know that she approves this message. Okay. So we do it together. And we, because I, and everybody who's been there for a period, am very particular that things go back where they came from. Why? Because I never have to look for it. It's where it's supposed to be. Okay? It's where it's supposed to be. And since it's where it's, I want it, it's not where you want it, it's where I want it. Does that help? Okay. It's where I want it. And so, this is kingdom from God's perspective. It's not the way I want it. It's the way he wants it. See, you rule in your own home. But God rules from His. Praise you, Jesus. Okay? So, kingdom perspective. We're going to look at... I've I, I got to go... Yeah, you need to catch up with me here. Um, kingdom perspective, or kingdom from God's perspective. You find it in Matthew chapter 6. Go to Matthew 6. And I have... I'm going to take about 10 minutes to do this, I think, and then I'm going to get us to the last the last thought. Now, very quickly, we're going to, over the next few weeks, this Matthew 6 is a great understanding of what Jesus is thinking and what he's getting. And so I don't want to rush through it. I say read it, but... And then let him talk to you. Go to this next one. First verses, verse, verse one to four. Jesus said, "Take heed that you do not that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father 
which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand does, that thy alms may begin in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Yes, yes, yes. Alright. So, what did that really tell me? Because when I stopped and looked at that, and I was asking the Holy Spirit, I said, well, what is it that we're wanting to talk about? So, listen to this. We are heaven's response to the needs of others. Go to the next slide, please. We are heaven's response to the needs of others. This is what he just said. Acts of mercy, which is what an alm is, are seen as a part of our ambassadorship. He didn't say if you do, he says when. He says when you do these things, take heed that you don't do them For the recognition of others. But do it because it gives pleasure to the Father. It pleases the Father. Now, go on. But you, when you pray, verse 5, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly because he knows what you need. That's verse 8. So, 5 through 8, I just went very quickly through it. So what is he saying? Because there's a meaning behind that. Go into the closet. When you look this word up, you will find that it is the secret inner chamber where the treasures are stored. Get the answers from the place where the Father is. The secret place. He's in the secret place of intimacy where the Father Here's what you say in the secret place. The Father rewards it, manifested, where everybody can see it. What he really said is there is a portal into the kingdom that you go into where the provision is. And when you pray, you go to get what the world needs. And when you go before the Father and come into the realm, where the provision is, come into the storehouse, the secret place, and you pull out and bring it back into the, this in earth as in heaven, then the Father who hastens over his word to perform it will do what you've asked him to do because it's according to what he desires. He's talking about entering in to the realm of heaven and to get what heaven has, what heaven has for the earth. I'm going to keep going and then I'm going to come back to that thought. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, verses 9 to 13, and then he goes into it, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And then it goes on, and I skip down to verse 13. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Your kingdom come, your will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. For the kingdom is yours, and the power is yours, and the glory is yours. Through all eternity, you never ending. So what he just said 
I'm telling you to petition, to seek after, to pursue, to desire, to enter in, to take hold of, and to pull out of the invisible realm into this place the will of the Father for this situation, for these circumstances, because this is what he was really telling us. Things cannot be in earth as it is in heaven if we don't get things from heaven. Our natural understanding does not bring about the manifestation of the response from heaven. Your knowledge, my knowledge, Google, or whoever does not have the manifested will of God. Heaven has it. And the citizens of heaven, any citizen of any kingdom, when the kingdom takes the territory, they supply, they, they, they supply the citizens with the things from the kingdom to establish the kingdom in the new territory. That's right. Okay? So our resource for change comes from our kingdom and our source of power, the kingdom of God. And we, as legal citizens of the earth, are authorized to change the earth. But because we're legal citizens of heaven, we have a superior power, a superior natural power that will take away the influence that the people are under, that puts them under the feet or the neck, okay, the knee of a demon when the demon belongs under their feet. But they can't see that, and you and I are supposed to see it for them, to change, to bring into the neighborhood, into the area, into wherever it happens to be, the will of the one who the earth belongs to. That's right. Psalm 24, 1, we know that the earth belongs to God. Yes. And so... He's going to straight, you come and put my pillows on my couch in the wrong order. And I know a lot of folks in here that know what I'm talking about there. I will put them back. And then if I have to, I'll teach you. And I've even had some people have to take a picture of it. So that the next time you rearrange, disarrange my pillows, before you leave, you put them back. Why? Because it gives me pleasure to see them the way that they are. Simple things like that. Give me a better understanding because I got it from God. I want my earth put back in order. While you're here, while you don't see me, you still see my influence. He didn't go to jail for the weekend, but he still said, uh, while I'm taking care of it, you take care of that. I've authorized you to do it. I never had a mother might I get dishwater dishwashing liquid from the, under the sink and put it in the sink to wash the dishes. You're expected to use what you know has been provided to do Hallelujah. what you've been told to do. Hallelujah. You're expected to do it. You're not going to sit around while I waited because you, you, you didn't run the water. I wish I would have been this. I'm glad I wasn't that stupid. I'm waiting for you to run the water and set the temperature, put the soap in it. Mother, I'll wash the dishes, but you got to put the dishes in the sink first. No, you didn't. In that house, you went wherever the dishes were and gathered them and brought them back into the kitchen. 
Yeah. I didn't wash anything because nobody brought anything into the kitchen. Uh, well, did you not know that your job description extended to see to eat your body? Otherwise, you're going to get knocked in the door real open, okay? <laughs> but it's not going to be Bible. All right. So, we think like God. We really do think like God. There's so many things we do, we really do think like God. But we haven't extended it to take the power of that thinking. He says, you're doing it in the natural, now do it in the spirit because you already have a pattern. The kingdom mindset is the set of ideologies and beliefs that God gives you yes. to nurture about the kingdom, about his kingdom. So we let his truth, his beliefs, and ideologies shape our feelings and our emotions and our attitudes and so forth. That's the control. And here's this other piece before I get to the blast. Forgive. This is heavenly currency. We're not, gonna, we're not getting to that part today, but I'm saying this is heavenly currency. Forgiveness is the freedom to extend God's heart of love and mercy as he does. Freely. Freely. Not, I'm going to forgive you, but it's conditional. You didn't forgive me. I'm not making a bargain with you about you forgiving me. Because I guarantee you I'm going to mess it up. I don't even know what's going on in your mind. And I'm going to tiptoe around trying to fix it? No, we're not. All right? So repent. Both folks, change how you and what you think about everything to God's way of thinking. Because that's your power to excel and to move out of the box that you put yourself in. Crafty up, people say, don't put God in the box. It's like, really, what you're trying to say is, I'd like God to get me out of my box. Because he's not anyone. Okay? Now, this is a quote from a book that I read. And this is where, I, uh, in these last few minutes, I'll get to. He said, experience has taught me that heaven has an answer for every problem that exists on earth. And that answer is present at ground zero of every one of those problems. Now, this, when I shared my business logo with y'all last week, and I told you that when I was speaking to David, that he said to me, when we went through all of the, what do you want, about, you know, what do you like, and so forth, to, to create the logo, he said, really, the logo already exists. I just have to go get it. That's what this is. Experience is taught that heaven has an answer. The logo is already there. The business plan you need is already there. The plan of God and the will of God for um, Washington, D.C. and South Minneapolis and Flint, Michigan, and I won't do it, Palmdale, California, is already there. You just have to go get it. And when you spearhead something, he's already giving you the authority to go ahead. Come and get it. Come and get it. And that's everybody on the team. Come and get it. And because it would be from the mind of Christ and from the word of God and from the realm of the spirit of God, everybody's going to have a piece of the same thing. Yes. Heaven has the answer for every problem that exists. Heaven has the answer. We have to move past the topical, pray, 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 okay, we'll wait and see if God does something, 
to go get it in earth as it is in heaven, then go earth into heaven and get it. Things, again, cannot be in earth as it is in heaven if we don't go get the things from heaven. And we can because we are spirit. And this is why you pray in tongues. This is why that we say, you read these scriptures, the entrance of your word brings like, well, how do I go get it? You start by praying in, the, in tongues. You move into praying in the spirit as you start to think about what do you want done? My focus is on getting your answer for this problem based upon the knowledge in Matthew 6. When you said through your son, when Jesus said, ask him for things on me on earth as it is in heaven, then let me get in here in this realm of talking to you who are in heaven, which the kingdom resides within me. And the, the spirit of the kingdom of God is in me. So as he speaks Hallelujah. with my tongue, heaven and earth have just come together to release the power necessary to get the answers. Because the time has come to go into those chambers with the Spirit of the Lord cloaking us to hear what's going on in the hidden places, the secret places, as the prophets of old did without the infilling of the Spirit of God. And yet they knew what the wicked kings were doing so that the enemy is no longer ahead of the curve. But the church and the necessary authorities are in place to halt it before it can go forward. In earth, as heaven's will is for it, for these things to be dismantled, deconstructed, destroyed, stopped, ended, annihilated, brought to nothing. I have the ability to make it happen. That's what a kingdom citizen says. They tell us this is going on. This is going on. Some of the things that Dr. Baker tells us. And we say, is this what you want to allow? Or is it time for us to come and get it? Come and get it. Come and get it. Because I spoke through the apostles and I speak through the prophets. Now evangelize this, teach this, pastor this. Come and get it. Come and get what I've got for the earth. Come and get it. Oh, but I don't know if I can. Because you don't know who you are. That's right. But I guarantee you, if you keep coming here, you're going to come down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last scripture, James 4. He asked the question, where do wars and fights come from among you? Don't they come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Why does it war in your members? Because you're fighting, believe it or not, your anti, uh, if you will, anti-demon part is pushing 
fighting without knowledge sometimes, not knowing who you are, you don't understand, and so you defaulted to folly and succumbing to the weaknesses that we call sin. We call sin a weakness, but it's sin, okay? Succumbing to the weaknesses of your cravings and your desires because you just been too lazy to push past that and find out what's the right mind. Jesus showed us this in Mark 5. When he called those legions out of that man, that man got his mind. Clothed in his right mind meant that the mind of Christ had just been transferred to yes, him. Because yes, 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 yes. his mind wasn't right. But the will of God was made known to that man. And even though those demons had been causing him to, to, to terrorize himself and to do all the things that he did, the part of him that warred against that saw help when it showed up. And it couldn't stop him from going to get what he needed. So that's the power that is on the inside of you. And if after this particular service, before we go into the next one, you find yourself running your mouth, saying the same old things, stop. And say what God said. And get ready to change a nation. So this last thought. It says in Isaiah 55, you're going to read from, when read from God's point of view, you're going to hear his heart. We don't have the time to go through that right now. But let's just skip down, Crystal, to the 28th one. Go on, because number 32, so just keep going. Matthew 6 33 says, and um, you know what it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you, he said. And then he said, Take no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil therein. Deal with today's evil, and you'll be ready for tomorrow. Matthew 6, he said, every day that we're upon this earth, we are commissioned to leave the imprint of the kingdom of God upon every city, state, tribe, and nation. Which means, because heaven has an answer for every question, every problem, every situation, it really is already done. We just have to go and get it. So I invite those of you that are watching us, stay tuned for Biblical Solutions for Life, Session 2. Ministry Foster and Dr. Baker, Apostle Dr. Baker, will be back to uh, do what the Holy Spirit has for them to do. And we thank you so much. If you have any questions, the contact information is there. Please reach out to us so that we can help you, especially if you do not yet know Jesus Christ and you're not a part of this kingdom, then we extend the invitation to you to come and find out and come and get what you need. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.